Hey there, welcome back to Weight Loss Your Way. It's been a minute since the first episode dropped, but here we are, episode two on normalizing food. This concept is really foundational to my whole Weight Loss Your Way philosophy. Each one of the three things that I shared back in episode one, like normalizing food, emotional eating, and self-sabotaging behaviors, they're the core foundation to my coaching and teaching around weight loss your way. They're also by themselves, big meaty topics. So I wanted to dedicate an individual episode to each one of them, then start to fill in the gaps. So today we're gonna start with normalizing food. This is a really important topic because I think most of us, especially if we've been dieters for any period of time, we probably have a pretty fractured relationship with food. Over the years, we've picked up all kinds of food rules. We're just full of information that's confusing. It's contradicting, and it just doesn't make sense. And we've got all of those things in our head, and we try to put it all together and make some sense of it, and we just end up making ourselves crazy. So you wonder, like, who do you listen to? What do you do? And that's part of the problem because we're always looking outside of us to find the answer, to figure out how to eat, what to eat or when. And we're asking other people, we're looking for programs, we're looking for meal plans. We're just looking for something to make it easier for us and to be just almost like a, a list, just do this and you'll lose weight. Well, I hate to tell you that doesn't exist because what you need to do, the to-do around food is already inside you. and we have to find it and bring it out because right now it's tucked way deep in the back of your diet brain and we need to kind of sift through all that nonsense all the food rules and get back to what feels right for us as an individual and every one of us is going to have a different relationship with food and it's going to have a different way to eat or they're going to, you're going to like different types of foods some foods are going to work for you others won't if you're anything like I was, food probably occupies way more of your brain space than you would like. You probably worry about what to eat, when should you eat, how much, and you probably believe that it would be so much easier if someone would just tell you what to do. And worst of all, you probably worry about what other people think of you and think of what you're eating. Who's done this? You go out to dinner with a group of friends or maybe some coworkers and you order a salad and a glass of water because you're the fat girl. You shouldn't be ordering a burger and fries. I've done it. I'm sure a lot of you have too. It's just a terrible feeling. So let's think about this for a minute. What is your relationship with food like today? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it a trusting one? Do you trust yourself? Is food a shoulder for you to cry on? Is your relationship like really contentious? Are you afraid of food? Are you totally confused by it? Are you just plain sick and tired of having to think about it all the time? As with any relationships, its quality is determined by how you think about that relationship. And I'm willing to bet you might have a pretty dysfunctional relationship with food or you wouldn't be here right now. And I can tell you for sure my own relationship with food was anything but normal. I believe normalizing food means becoming an empowered eater. 
It means no longer looking externally to someone to tell you what to eat, when, and how much. When we can empower and trust ourselves to choose the food that we eat because we enjoy it and it works well for our unique bodies, we become unstoppable. And when you're empowered, you control the food. It's not the other way around. And most important, normalizing food means that we no longer assign morality to it. Food isn't good or bad. It's just food. And our food choices do not make us morally good or bad, period, ever. And I know for sure I did this a lot. You know, I'd make a choice on something that I had deemed as bad. Maybe it was a bowl of ice cream while I was sitting on the couch. And yeah, I loved that ice cream while I was eating it. But the moment it was gone and I took that bowl to the kitchen, I started to beat myself up. Like, what are you doing? You can't keep doing this, Norma. You're never going to lose weight. There's just something wrong with you. You've got to stop this. All of that nonsense would run through my head every time I ate something that I had decided was bad. I made it mean that I was a bad person. But none of that is true. Food sustains life as humans. We have a primal instinct when it comes to food. Our bodies actually tell us what it needs if we're tuned in and listening. Have you ever craved a great big steak? That's your body's signal. It's telling you that it needs some protein. But the effect of years of dieting and relying on someone else to tell us what to eat and when and how much is that we've lost touch with that basic instinct. And we learned that we can't trust ourselves and make good decisions around food. In fact, it's likely you may not even be sure if you could distinguish the feelings of real hunger or satisfaction anymore. Traditional dieting has taught us that we need to eliminate or restrict certain foods or entire food groups to lose weight. And that constant state of hungry is required. You know, you can't lose weight unless you're walking around feeling hungry all the time. The net effect of all of this is that we've unintentionally created a lot of food rules and food labels when it comes to our food choices. And most of us have a running good and bad list in our head when we think about food. This food is good. This is a diet food. This food is bad. I won't lose weight if I eat it. And if I eat the good foods, I'm good. If I eat the bad foods, I'm bad. We put ourselves through the ringer when it comes to our food choices. How many times have you beat yourself up like I did and said things like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? You're never going to get this right. Or you measured the value of your day on whether or not you actually ate the salad you brought to work or tossed it out and went for Mexican with your friends. I want you to think about your good and bad list. When you think about the good foods, are you excited to eat them? Or maybe at least just looking forward to it? Or do you absolutely dread it? It's so much easier to say yes to an invitation to lunch at the Mexican restaurant if all you have to eat for lunch is a baggie full of carrot sticks and some fat-free Franken-dressing to dip them in. That might sound like a super good idea at 6 a.m. when you packed your lunch, but not so much at 1 p.m. when you're just plain hungry because you've skipped breakfast, and you actually hate carrots and celery sticks. So my point here is that you really need to be able to enjoy the food you eat. I'm not suggesting that every meal needs to be a party, just that you're at least eating foods you actually like, not because you think it's required to lose weight though. How about food rules? If you've dieted for any amount of time, you're probably carrying around some rules you don't even realize are there. I haven't been to a Weight Watchers meeting in nearly 15 years, but sometimes I still calculate the points in my head for an ear of corn. For whatever reason, those two points per ear stayed in my brain 
And my brain loves to remind me when it's time to reach for ear number two or three. And for years, I had this running in my head. Fat makes you fat. Does anybody remember the 1990s guru, Susan Patter? That was her mantra. And that's when I discovered snack wells and all things fat-free. Suddenly, it seemed like there was a world opened up to me of food that I could eat because it didn't have any fat. Well, I think we all know how badly that backfired. Here's another rule I carried around. Baked potatoes are somehow bad. I don't know exactly where that one came from. I kind of think it might have been a nutritionist I had seen at the very beginning of my my um, 20-year relationship with type 2 diabetes. But I was terrified of a baked potato. I lived in mortal fear of a baked potato for years. But you know how I eat them now? With butter. Everything is better with butter and sour cream. Full fat sour cream. And I lost over 100 pounds. So how do you start to normalize food and create a better relationship with it? Before I dive into that, I want to make one really important point. Learning to normalize food takes time. This isn't a quick fix. It takes work and a willingness to experiment. And it takes willingness to be super uncomfortable. You're going to be challenging things that you've carried around and probably believe for years, maybe even decades. You probably have a lot of emotions, thoughts, and really deeply ingrained behaviors around food, and it's going to take time to unwind. Weight loss your way is a long game because you're figuring out how to create sustainable, long-term results. And that means unwinding all those years, or maybe even decades, of thinking and behaviors. In fact, I would love it if you could let go of the idea of losing weight while you're in the early stages of normalizing food. You heard me right. Give yourself the time and space for a little weight loss break. I know that's a big ask. Believe me. And this will be the first time in a long time that you're not going to be on a diet. I know it's scary. I know it's probably the last thing you wanted to hear, but it's really important to try to let go of the idea that you're eating for weight loss while we go through this process of normalizing food. An important part of this process is releasing the judgment of food and yourself so that you can begin to trust yourself to make intentional food choices again. I've just found that it's really hard to truly normalize food if you're trying to create weight loss at the same time. It's really okay to put weight loss aside for just a little bit, I promise. I know it feels scary, but you will be glad you did it. All right, so the next hard thing I'm going to ask you to do is spend some time processing what it would be like to not tie your health and weight goals to a specific date. We don't want to make them time-bound anymore. Like almost any goal, I think we naturally believe it's necessary to pick a by-when date. You know, we've all been taught the SMART goals, and the last one is time-bound because somehow that time, that date, whatever it is you select, tells us whether or not we've been successful. But I think that's one of the biggest lies that we've been conditioned to believe that weight loss is somehow time-bound. It just isn't. It's especially true when you're working on normalizing food. But I promise, taking this time right up front to get good with food is going to speed everything up for you going forward. So now for the how, the part that you've been waiting for. The first step to normalizing food is awareness. In fact, I think I'd argue it's not only a first step, it's a requirement. 
And you may have heard it called meeting yourself where you're at or meeting yourself where you are right now. In order to take that first step, you have to understand where you are starting from. It's just like a GPS. What happens when you open that app? The very first thing that comes up is this little thing that finds your current location. And once it does that, it maps out the best route for you. And that's exactly what we're going to do is become more aware of your current relationship with food and the food rules that your brain has neatly filed away for a rainy day. And a good place to start is to explore your good food, bad food list. Like I said, we all have one, whether you know it or not. It's subtly running in the background and it's kind of directing all of your food choices. So we're going to bring it out into the light now and really examine it. Here's an exercise I'd love you to try. Just grab a blank piece of paper and draw a line right down the middle. And you're going to have two columns. Label one column good, one column bad. And start writing in your good and bad foods. Remember, I'm not talking about good or bad in the sense of nutritional value yet. We're just going to get really clear on how you currently are labeling food relative to weight loss. Really take your time with this. And when you think you have them all, put your list away and come back to it later. I bet you're going to come up with more out of those archives in your brain if you give it some time and let it process a little bit. Once you have your list, I want you to go back and circle or highlight all of the food you like and enjoy eating on that list. You're probably going to find that most of these foods are in the bad list column. And when you do eat them, they probably come with a great big serving of guilt and shame right on the side. And this is perfectly normal and happens every time I do this exercise with my clients. Try very hard not to judge yourself in this process. And remember, we're just exploring at this point and we're gaining some awareness on where you are today. All right, so you've got your good and bad list. You've highlighted or circled the foods that you actually enjoy eating. So on the next piece of paper on the back of that one, I want you to create a new list. And this one you can call foods I enjoy eating. And then just transfer all of those circled or highlighted foods to that list. And then spend some time adding to it. Make an exhaustive list of everything you enjoy eating with no judgment or attachment to weight loss. This is really super important. Remember, exploring and experimenting. And again, do this over the course of a few days so that your brain has time to work on it. It's really fascinating to me how the brain works. You know, give it something to chew on, no pun intended, and it will go to work on it, and it will work on it hard until it's exhausted itself. So let that beautiful brain of yours take all the time it needs to come up with a great big list. And the last step, and this one might totally freak you out for a minute, practice eating those foods without guilt, shame, or judgment. Now, let me be clear. I'm not suggesting a last supper food fest kind of thing. Simply plan to eat those foods on your foods I enjoy eating list more frequently throughout the week. It's going to be uncomfortable. The chatter in your head is going to be loud, but do it anyway. This is the most important part of normalizing food. And while you're doing this, I want you to experience the enjoyment of eating the food you love. Experience how it tastes and the texture. Notice how different foods react in your body. Really spend some time here and take notes. Be patient with yourself and the process. Like I said, it's going to feel 
uncomfortable. All of those food rules are going to be screaming at you. But remember, we made a deal up in the beginning that we were going to set aside weight loss for just a little bit and we're going to set aside a timeline. So take a breath and enjoy eating. While you're doing this, take lots of notes. Just like you're running a science experiment, you're going to be grateful for all of the data you collect in these early stages. A week or two is a really good start to this. But if you can take a full 30 days to really experiment, I promise you, a whole new world will open up for you. So like I said before, when you start experimenting and practicing, your brain's going to throw a huge hissy fit, like a three-year-old in Walmart hissy fit. This is exactly why I suggested that you put aside the weight loss during the process. Your brain's only job is to seek pleasure, avoid discomfort, and keep you safe. Change is very dangerous to your brain, even when the change you're trying to make is good for you. It just sees that your familiar way of eating is being challenged, and it, it just can't have that. The chatter's going to start, and all of your old food rules will come up at you like darts on a dartboard. The self-doubt will try to creep in, and will try to convince you that this is just crazy, but stay the course. Your beautiful brain is doing just what it's supposed to, and it will calm down once it sees that there really is no real danger. So be on the lookout for that because it's going to happen. And when it does, just calmly and gently tell your brain, don't worry, we're just experimenting. There's nothing to get freaked out about here. Just roll with me. Keep it light and judgment-free as best you can. Now, notice your thoughts as you do this. Write them down somewhere. This is also some amazing data that's going to help you unwind and sort all of this out as you continue along your journey of normalizing food. I know what might be running through your head right now, and that's like, but Norma, if I eat what I want and I'm not dieting, won't I gain weight? Well, you might, and that's okay. This is where I need you to trust me and trust yourself. Part of figuring out weight loss your way is learning what types of food work in your body and in what quantity. That requires experimenting. And yeah, you might experience a little weight gain, but you also might experience a loss. So trust me and trust yourself. Pushing against the fear of gaining weight is going to slow you down. So take a deep breath. We're at the beginning of the last weight loss journey you may ever have to take. And what's important now is learning how to eat in a way that you like and to start to understand how different foods react in your body. You can't make informed decisions about food choices without doing this work. And this is exactly why other people's diets and meal plans usually don't work. Let me share with you an example of what I discovered during the normalizing stage of my weight loss journey. I knew I loved pasta and bread. Ugh, just give me a great big loaf of French bread and a stick of butter, and I will be the happiest woman in the world. I love pasta. I love bread. And I wanted to incorporate them in my diet, but I also knew that these foods spiked my blood sugar very, very quickly. So I experimented. I didn't eat those things for two days. My blood sugar drastically dropped, and I noticed that my joints were just stiff. I'd get up in the morning and my fingers didn't feel so tight, and my ankles bent a little bit better. And on day three, I started eating them again. And almost instantly, my blood sugar skyrocketed, and I woke up on day four hobbling because I had so much inflammation. 
So good data, right? I now know that bread and pasta quickly spike my blood sugar, stays with me for quite some time, and creates inflammation in my body. So I kept experimenting. And what I finally figured out was how to eat those things without creating all of those negative effects that I didn't want. I learned that my body could tolerate a pasta-based dinner about once a week. So I learned that I can still enjoy the food that I love without all the stuff that came along with it when I was eating it about once a week. I didn't have to restrict myself. I didn't have to rip it out of my diet, but I found a way that I could still enjoy it and not create those negative effects. Same thing with desserts. I love a good quality dessert, but again, same thing. Blood sugar spikes hung around too long and way too much inflammation. But once a week allowed me to enjoy a really decadent dessert without all of those negative side effects. So do you see how experimenting works where you can try something, see how it reacts in your body, see how it makes you feel, and then change things up a little bit and shift and adjust to kind of dial in what's going to work for you. And what happens by doing all this work, you start to build kind of an eating protocol that feels good to you and works for your body. And as you're experimenting with food and getting more comfortable with eating things that you may have once considered bad, also pay attention to things like your energy level and brain fog. Food has a huge impact in these two areas. You may find that a bigger breakfast really suits you and you're super productive in the morning. Or you may find that you don't get that like late afternoon energy crash when you add a little more protein to your lunch, like maybe an avocado or a hard-boiled egg. While you're running your personal experiments, like I mentioned before, keep a log or a journal. I'm telling you the data you collect is going to prove invaluable when you're ready to start dialing in your own food protocol. Now remind yourself as often as necessary that it's all just data. You don't need to judge it. You don't need to fudge it. Have you done this before? I used to judge my data so hard that I fudged it to make it look better. For who? I was the only one seeing it but I was making it mean something about me so I'd pretend it didn't happen by not writing it down. Try really hard not to do this. It's just your diet brain talking and it's not at all helping you. And if you catch yourself doing it, stop and ask yourself why. There's some judgment in there about that food or you that's worth digging into because it's sabotaging your awareness. Let's recap a little because I've covered a ton here. First, Food cannot pass moral judgment on you. Your food choices do not mean anything other than what you decide it to mean. We all have a good and fed bad food list, and many of us are probably eating food that we don't even like because we think it's necessary to lose weight. Start by making your own good and bad list, and from there, build that extensive list of food you enjoy and will actually eat. And then, eat. Practice eating things that scare you. Practice breaking those old, outdated diet rules you've been carrying around like a heavy backpack. Keep some notes on what you notice when you eat those foods. How do they work in your body? And maybe some initial thoughts on what you might want to experiment with. But most of all, allow yourself to experience the freedom of eating without guilt or shame and the freedom from thinking about food all the time. Be willing to take the time to really explore. I hear this all the time from my clients. I really tried this week, Norma, but it's not working. Or I hear things like, 
I'm still worried about eating the bad foods. My friend, it's going to take as long as it takes. And a week is rarely long enough. A month or two is probably not long enough. It's a process of unwinding years and maybe decades of thinking and habits. I've lost every single pound of my weight on the back of small, incremental baby steps and a whole lot of experimentation. And we're just getting started. So give yourself some grace and some space. Weightless Your Way looks different for everyone. So give yourself the gift of curiosity and a willingness to consider things that might be wildly different from what you've always done. Because that's where the change happens. I hope this made some sense for you. I hope you got a little bit of an insight. And I hope you're excited about digging in and starting to normalize food a little bit. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about emotional eating. And I think you're going to see very clearly how normalizing food is going to help you unwind some of the emotional eating that may be going on for you. So go on out there and start experimenting. Make that good and bad food list. Make your foods I will eat list and start eating. Enjoy, my friends, and I will see you next week. Have a good one.